How would Matthew Barzal handle moving to the wing if the Islanders sign Nazem Kadri? We break down the pros and the cons on today's show, plus the latest updates on the Islanders' four players in the World Juniors. All that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to get to on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings about your New York Islanders, from potential free agent signings to trade rumors and anything else that happens to the team. We've got you covered, and... Between now and training camp, we have new shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But if there's breaking news, we will get it to you even sooner. So, the rumors about the potential Nazem Kadri deal continue to circulate, and more and more sources seem to be indicating that the deal could be announced soon. Yeah, I know. We've been hearing that exact same thing now for 10 days, maybe even two weeks, and it's still all quiet anytime you look at the news. So, one thing I wanted to do on today's show, you know, we've discussed, okay, the one thing about Kadri that I, one of the things about it that I didn't like is that Kadri is a natural center, and the Islanders have four solid centers if anything center is without a doubt among forwards the deepest position on the team so who would move out of the four centers on the roster if the Islanders add Kadri now of course it's possible Kadri would move but I don't think that's likely Brock Nelson definitely you know a center JG Pajot so good in the faceoff dot also you know a center for so long and the same with Casey Zizekas, and you don't want to mess with the chemistry, really, of that identity line. So it seems that the most logical 
center on the roster to move if you add Nazem Kadri would actually be top-line center Matthew Barzal. And I thought about it, and there are both pros and cons to the idea of moving Matthew Barzal to the wing. Right off the bat, if you think about the way that hockey positions tend to be played, a center has more defensive responsibilities than wings do. They have to go back on defense. Out of the three forwards, it's the center who is the primary one of the three who has to get back. Now, yes, the way the Islanders play, everybody has to back check. Everybody has to pick up their man. But centers have more defensive responsibility, generally speaking, than wingers. So if you move Matthew Barzal, your most dynamic offensive player, from center to one of the wings, immediately one of the things you get is a little bit less defensive responsibility for Barzi. And I think the Islanders would certainly benefit from that. Uh, and Barzal would benefit from that. And to me, I think back to the Calder winning season that Barzi had back in 2017-2018. It was by far his most productive offensive season. He had 85 points in 82 games, 22 goals, which is still his career high, 63 assists, which is his career high. He has never topped 62 points in a season since then. Now, okay, two of those years... COVID shortened and, you know, you're not going to match the actual numbers, but even if you prorate his performances, the 85 points, he wasn't going to come close to matching it. And I think you have two reasons why Barzal was more effective offensively, at least statistically, uh, that year. Number one is that John Tavares was the number one center. He got the top checking defenders and there was a little less uh, resistance, a little less attention being paid to the rookie who was centering the second line. But the bigger thing is that the system the Islanders were playing in 2017-2018 under Doug Waite was not very defensive oriented. And so Barzal could concentrate more on producing offense and moving the puck forward, moving him to the wing from center would certainly help accomplish that to a point. So I, I think that would be a benefit. But then there's a caveat to that. One thing Barzi would have to do if they move him is shoot the puck more often. Last year in 73 games, Barzal attempted 252 shots on goal and only had 161. So that's a little more than two shots on goal per game and a little more than 3, 3.3, 3.4 attempted shots per game. You want to get, you got your most dynamic offensive player. If you shift him to the wing, those numbers must increase the attempted shots and the shots on goal, the ones that get through, 
They have to be there more than what Barzi does. And Barzal is a skate and pass first kind of a guy who will have to make the adjustment to shoot more. And again, Barzal's shot is a good one. Uh, the, the Calder Trophy winning year, he shot a shooting percentage of 12.9%. In 2020-21, he had 12.7%. Last year, not as good, only 9.3%. That was a career low, and the result was just 15 goals in 73 games. So getting him to the wing, you got to get him to shoot more, and if you're emphasizing that, I'd say that's a positive for Matthew Barzal because the Islanders need guys who are going to shoot the puck more often. The other thing is, if you look historically around the NHL, there are examples of players who started their careers at center and moved to the wing and did so effectively. Claude Giroux, the former captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, probably, in my mind, the best example of that, a first-line center who moved to the wing and continued to be extremely effective offensively. The drawback, though, in my mind, is that Barzal's strength, more than anything else, is his skating ability. And that skating ability is maximized at center. You can go back behind the goal and pick up the puck and skate it out. You have the ability also when you're a center and you're starting in the middle of the ice to work both sides of the ice. And a skater like Barzal can take advantage of that more readily than if he is going up and down the left or right side of the ice. Uh, now he's a right-handed shot. I assume they'd move him to right wing, but left wing playing him on the off wing is always possible. But bottom line, the skating ability is maximized by having him at center. Uh, so, and then there's the adjustment period. Barzal would obviously have to work in training camp and in the preseason and in the regular season at making that adjustment from being the middleman to playing on the wing. How long would it take him to be able to do that? Uh, it probably would affect him less on the power play, but on a game-in, game-out basis at even strength, there will be some adjustment period for Matthew Barzal if the Islanders decide to do this. And there are, as I've explained, both advantages and disadvantages to it. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We'll talk more about the World Juniors, four Islanders prospects participating there. And they all played in one game against each other. We'll break that down and fill you in on the latest with that, that, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. Well, what are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. 
However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So the World Juniors continuing and it's been an exciting ride for the Islanders and their players. We had a big game Monday night, uh, Finland against Canada, and Canada ends up with a 6-3 win in the final round-robin game in Group A, which both teams were in. William DeFour, the Islanders' prospect, ends up with an empty net goal in the third period. That was his second goal and fifth point of the tournament, and that helped clinch the 6-3 win for Team Canada. And, you know, the good thing about the statistics for Dufour, you look at it, you're like, okay, well, he's got five points now in four games. That's good, but not, you know, bowling you over. But here's the thing. Dufour is playing on Canada's third line, which means that the primary responsibility that he's got in this uh, series is to be a checking forward rather than to be the aggressive first-line goal scorer. And to have five points in four games under that situation is pretty impressive. Meanwhile, uh, two Islanders prospects had assists for Finland in this game. Atu Ratu, again, picking up an assist. He now has three goals and six assists, so nine points in just four games. And uh, that was certainly impressive. And then Itu Liukas also doing well, picking up his first assist of the tournament. The former fifth-round pick of the Islanders back in 2021, getting his first point, and that is always appreciated. So, so far, uh, all the Islanders players in the tournament making contributions. Matthias Rajaniemi, the other Islanders prospect, not seeing a lot of action. He's sort of been the seventh defenseman for Finland, plays only a few minutes each game, but even that few minutes giving him some valuable experience. So Canada goes 4-0-0 in the uh, preliminary round, and they finish first in Group A. They will meet Switzerland in the quarterfinals, while Finland is second in Group A with a 2-1-0-1 record. So going to be some exciting hockey ahead, and William Dufour certainly going to play more uh, in this tournament, and that, again, the longer these prospects play, the longer they're out there, the more experience they get, and the more the Islanders can see how they respond in a pressure situation. So uh, only good news out there right now for the New York Islanders with regard to the prospects that we have seen in the World Juniors and that's the good news. Wanted to get a little bit more specifics 
now on the cadre rumors. Uh, John Shannon went on a, a, a different uh, podcast and basically said that he expects the Islanders to make things official with Kadri soon. He said it wouldn't be surprised me if it gets done this week, but Lou Lamorello has to move some money first. But again, uh, we've heard all of this and still no definitive news coming up from the Islanders camp and from the league. David Pagnata of the fourth period also chiming in that it's a matter of when, not if, the Kadri deal gets done. And again, he's hearing seven years at an annual cap hit of $7 million per. And still, the news is that it's got to get done, but first the Islanders need to move some players to free up some cap space. Jason Greger uh, also adding to the mix, basically saying that uh, he spoke to two opposing GMs who believe that Cadre will be signing with the Islanders. Uh, and we'll see. A year ago, remember, the Palmieri and Bavillier deals were announced on September 1st. I hope it doesn't take that long. That is still two weeks down the road. But again, whenever it happens, we'll have it for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Still more to come on this episode, including our Islanders birthday of the day, a defenseman who is still active in the NHL and was with the Islanders in the first half of the 2010s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. All that still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, of course the NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live, in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the scores and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Tuesday, yesterday was the 32nd birthday of former Islanders defenseman Travis Hamanick. Hamanick, a native of St. Malo, Manitoba, drafted by the Isles in the second round back in 2008, played his junior hockey with the Moose Jaw Warriors and then briefly with the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, played his first games with the Isles in 2010-2011, and remained with the team through the 2016-2017 season before being dealt to the Calgary Flames, later played for the Vancouver Canucks, and last season for the Ottawa Senators. So still active right now, Hamannick. Never a big offensive guy. His career high, 33 points with the Isles back in 2014-2015. And you may remember Hamannick, uh, demanding a trade from the Islanders for personal reasons 
turned out to be uh, an illness in the family. His family, as we mentioned, from Western Canada, and he wanted to go someplace closer to home. The one thing I remember, Hamannick and the Islanders organization, both handling that difficult situation with class. He gave his all-out effort all the time, even after asking for the trade. And the Islanders, his teammates and management, Garth Snow, the GM at the time, handling that very difficult situation extremely well. So far in his career, Hamannick has 718 NHL regular season games, 44 goals, 208 points, and 644 penalty minutes. His career-high penalty minute total was his rookie year with the Isles when he had 103. And, you know, Hamannick, steady, dependable, not afraid to be physical, will chip in with the odd point now and again, but more of a two-way defenseman than an offenseman, as they say. We'll go back and look at one of his better games as an Islander. March 21st, 2015 at The Rock in Newark. Islanders visiting the Devils. Yaroslav Halak, the Islanders goalie. Corey Schneider, now of course uh, with the Islanders, or at least he was last season, in between the pipes for the New Jersey Devils. And in the first period, the Islanders get on the board. Ryan Strom, his 15th from Nikolai Kuleman at 7.37. Isles up one to nothing. No scoring in the second period, but in the third, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Travis Hamanick makes it two to nothing. Islanders, his fifth of the year from Ryan Strom and Brock Nelson at 12.19. And then in the closing minute, Kyle Oposo with an empty net goal, his 15th. John Tavares and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Travis Hamannick with the helpers. Time of the goal, 19:22. The Islanders skate away with a 3-0 win over the Devils for Travis Hamannick, our Islanders' birthday of the day. He has a goal, an assist. He is a plus two and had four shots on goal in a hair under 23 minutes of ice time. Yaroslav Halak, 26 saves to earn the shutout. Islanders out, shoot the Devils 30-26 to in this one. And amazingly enough, this game only had two minor penalties all game. Hamannick off for hooking in early in the second period. And Steven Gianta, who would of course later play briefly for the Islanders, off for interference midway through the third. No power play goals, but the Islanders come away with the shutout by... A score of three to nothing. Travis Hamannick with a two-point night. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We wish him a happy 32nd birthday. Of course, again, the birthday actually being on Tuesday. So we continue to be in a holding pattern, waiting for some kind of official announcement. Uh, you know, I still think it is better for the Islanders to add a wing who can put the puck in the net, rather than go with Kadri, who is a defenseman. And it still depends. Who do you trade away to free up that cap space? What are the terms of the Kadri deal? I think a move of uh, Matthew Barzal to the wing could work. I think it's better for him to stay at center, but if you bring in Kadri 
you're almost certainly moving somebody to the wing, and I think Barzal would make the most sense out of the four centers the Islanders have on their roster right now. Now, again, if Pajot is included in the trade, if uh, you know someone else is included in the trade that opens up a spot, things are different, and you don't have to worry as much, but... You know, if Claude Giroux can do it, I think Matthew Barzal can do it. He doesn't have experience playing the wing, not even in juniors, let alone in the minors or in the NHL. But he's talented. He's fast. He's got the skill set you need. I still think he's better suited as a center. But at least know that it's possible to make that move if the Islanders need to do it. And we'll keep you up to date on any breaking news as it happens. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. And yes, uh, by the way, I do host... The Monday edition of Locked On NHL and co-host the Friday edition, so definitely check it out if you get the chance. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.